got a lot of people out today, a lot of things going on. Uh, look, y'all please remember John's family prayers. His aunt Rebecca passed away. funeral <clears throat> tomorrow. So uh, she's visited here a couple of times, so please remember. Remember that people in your prayers. Uh, also, remember our service center this month, we're taking up small bottles of oil. You know what's bad is this small bottles of oil? Those are hard to come by now. Mm-hmm. So, just a bottle of oil. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll, we'll take anything. We've got two pound bag of sugar. That's another thing that's hard to come by. So, we'll take any size sugar you can get. Walmart filling the full pound. Yeah, so you're just kind of twice as much love. So, y'all, y'all remember that. And also, oats and grits. So, uh, and anything else you'd like to give, be more than happy to get it there. Uh, and please remember the service center. Uh, any other announcements this morning as we get started? All right. Uh, brother, 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 brother. Yes, sir. I'd just like to thank the church for the prayers. Amen. I knew the church would be praying for me. You know, like that. And I want to that word since it just been set here when we had it done before. I was concerned, but before it was all over, before I went, so many people prayed, I, I got relaxed. Amen. 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 So glad to see you. And uh, Valentine by next Sunday here. Valentine by next Sunday here, following service. Uh, y'all get the, the yeah, everything took care of, so please, next Sunday after service, we're going to have a Valentine's banquet. Uh, so please remember that after service next Sunday. Any other announcements this morning? Uh, usually, Bree's got some, but she's not here to, to give them, so y'all, y'all, y'all be praying for them. Any, uh, let's get started this morning. Let's have a word of prayer. Yeah, we get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today. I thank you for this wonderful day. Father, we thank you for the beautiful weather you've given us today. Lord, I pray that, that Lord, there's somebody here, somebody who's watching, Lord, Lord, who's struggling in their walk, struggling with problems. Lord, I pray today they'll be the day they'll bring them to you. Father, again, I thank you for just the opportunity we have to be in your house to worship. Lord, just pray that you just pour your spirit out on us, use us, and dear Lord, just help us to do what's right in your eyes. The Lord, say my prayer. Amen. Amen. Yes. All right. Birthday and anniversary. Okay. All right, if you get your Hadley Hadley hymnal and turn to page six.
front part of the boat where Kim likes it. <laughs>
of men oh you rescue the souls of men counselor comforter keeper spirit we long to embrace you offer hope with our hearts hopelessly lost our way oh we've hopelessly lost our way you are the one that we praise you are the one we adore you give the healing and grace Hearts always hunger for. Oh, our hearts always hunger for. You are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace. Our Hearts always hunger for, oh, our hearts always hunger for. Almighty, infinite Father, 
faithfully loving your own. Here in our weakness you find us falling before your throne. Oh, we're falling before your throne. You are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace. Our hearts always hunger for. Oh, our hearts always hunger for. You are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace. Our hearts always hunger for. Oh, our hearts always hunger Tell you Bible this morning, turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four. This is the temptations of Christ. You know, it's amazing. Satan in all of his power never really seems to change his game plan. He sticks to the same thing. And he did it in the garden and he continued to do it here with Jesus. And really there's you look at it, he, he tempts us all kind of different ways, and it happens every day. But as he sticks to his game plan, like he did here, Jesus showed us the three different kind of ways that Satan tempts us. We're going to look at it this morning. We're going to start in verse 1. It says, And then Jesus led, led up the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards, hungered and when the tempter came to him he said if thou be the son of God command that these stones be made bread but he answered and said it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by the every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, at least at any time thou, thou dast thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And again the devil taketh him into the seen the high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. 
And then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil did leaveth him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. And like I said, there's, there's three different kind of temptations here. Now, have different aspects. We're going to look at that this morning because really, like I said, Satan hadn't changed his game plan. He does this to us. It's the same kind of temptations. Now, now people, you say, well, well, he's never taped to me to make rock, bread out of rocks. If I could, I, boy, I'd be, I'd be a happy camper. And he's never did this. He's never done that. But every one of them are very similar because they all affect different parts of us. You know, he sticks the game plan. I want you to listen to this. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 9, Peter wrote this. He says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are accomplished in the word. Now, uh, one translation reads this, is resist him and stand firm in the faith because you know the family of believers throughout the world as ago were undergoing the same kind of suffering. So really what it amounts to, we're all being tempted the same way. Now it might be look different. Like me and Jim might be being tempted the same way, but it might look different Well, he's being tempted to me because Satan knows your weaknesses. Like I said, he's like a roaring lion, and he goes around seeing how he can devour you, and so he knows which one of these attacks works best on you, and he knows how to tailor it to your very weakness. So he, as he does that, so I, I want us to look. And the first one, as we see here, is that he tries to destroy us with is the physical kind. And let me tell you, this is where a lot of us stumble and fall because we care more about the physical side of our life than we do anything. You know, physical temptations are those that, that deal with the desires of the flesh. And anything that you want. You know, we're warned in Scripture <coughs> in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. John told us this. He says, for all that was in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. So John warns us. He says, all these things that, that Satan uses is worldly. And he's good at it. He knows how to how to, to tempt your eyes away. He knows how to tempt your flesh away. And, and you know, we, we tend to feed that. I mean, you think about this. It's easy to do. I, I'm living proof. I, I can stand up here and I can just stand here and be a testimony that, that, that the sins of the flesh are hard because, I mean, look, I'm not physically fit. I'm as... As I got told by, by uh, an insurance company this week, I have a large BMI. And I said, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I said, wow. Before I started finally listening to my doctor some. But so, you know, it, it's like this. The lust of the flesh is, is temptation to, to feel physical, and, but it, it's in a, 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 with a sinful activity. You know, you do something to make the flesh satisfied. 
you know, it, it can involve any kind of activity. You know, like you, you listen, he says, you know, lust of the flesh. Now, I, I got a list here, and I, you can say, well, well, I'll be good when I listen to this. The first one is sexual sins, of course. You know, that's one that he, he really works on people. But there's more to it. And I, I used this one this morning in Sunday school, gossip. You got sexual sins, you got gossip. And why you say, but whoa, 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 back up. Gossip, gossip's a fleshly sin because you're you're doing it most time to tear somebody down so you can lift yourself up. Now the next one is, is physical violence. That's a sin. You know when people use physical violence against each other. Uh, uh, another one is any kind of drug use. And they say, well, I'm glad I'm not on drugs. Well, it'd be like marijuana, pills, cocaine, all that stuff. But also, hey, uh, any of you addicted to coffee? Don't talk. Don't, don't. We don't go there. We don't go there, preacher. But if the doctor ever tells you you ain't supposed to have it, guess what? He's wrong. But <laughs> but you know, you think about it, there are things that that uh, I, I've seen people who uh, and, and you, you know, and I, I can't really say because I've looked in the mirror and seen this that I, I can't function without that first cup. I can't get going without this or that. And, and They'll they'll drop into the the other sins there. They'll be they'll, they'll they might even get physical. But you think about it, there's things that Satan knows. He knows exactly how to tempt you physically. Now think about this. Ever notice this when the doctor tells you, "Hey, you go on a diet." Everybody invites you over to eat. I've told y'all that many times before, and it's just amazing. Or or um, Julie was telling me she says everywhere she went this week, she she's not supposed to have gluten, but everywhere she went this week, there were donuts and all kind of stuff. And she says, "I gotta quit doing that," and she knows it's wrong because it, it it harms her physically. So you you think. Satan knows exactly what to put in front of you to physically take your eyes and mind off Christ. Now, I want you to look how Jesus handled it. Jesus, it said, he had been in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he fasted. So I guarantee you, at the end of that, he was probably very hungry. And the first thing Satan did, he comes at him with a physical temptation hey take these stones and turn them to bread now i guarantee he probably even had the smell of fresh baked bread going and so because you know you you read this to us a lot of times when we read it we don't read it with the idea that this is a hard temptation to overcome and, and you got to realize satan knew exactly what he was doing because think of this what did he do with adam and eve hey look this fruit will make you have more knowledge this fruit will improve you. And so what did Eve do? She took it. And then what did Adam do? Knowing that the truth, he still wanted to satisfy the flesh. Had nothing to do with the knowledge, but he didn't want to lose the woman that God gave him. See, it's all about flesh. And Satan knows this. He says, I, I've been doing this. I did it from the beginning. And let me tell you, you are in the situation you're in right now because one man gave to the temptation of the flesh. Then I'll tell you, if you listen to what some of those are, the lust of the eyes is when we want to look upon things that we shouldn't look on. You know, to have things that we don't need. You know, uh, to, to cast your eyes on things that you shouldn't be. I, I like how Job handled it. Job, Job was a very smart man because in Job chapter 30, we get that. 
you think about this. A new car is only new until you drive it off the lot. Then it's a used car. You can wash it and you can wax it. I remember I had a good friend. He, he had this beautiful Camaro. Now he, he, he washed it. He waxed it. If the wind blew, he was out there wiping on it. One day we went to one of these, these coin-operated uh, car washes. He took the vacuum cleaner, and he was vacuuming it, and the, car, the carpet had gotten dry-rotted and just started coming up. He was in near tears. His, his baby was in trouble. You see, it, things don't last. And Satan knows that, but we will go after them with all of our heart because the eyes want it and the mind wants it and the heart wants it because it's the physical side of it is horrible. You know, I, I got to thinking about the idea of the Garden of Eden and that, 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 that temptation. When they looked on it, and it was, the, it was a good for food. It was a good fruit. It'd make you smart. You know, and that's that, that lust of the flesh that John referred to. It was appealing to the eye. And then, then you know, Eve thought, well, it'll make me smart. You ever realize that when you follow the temptation of the flesh, you do become smarter because you realize it's not worth it. You, you see that it, it, it's basically it's an illusion. And Satan knows that. You know, uh, I thought, you know, it's like this. You know, it, it leads to different things. It leads to anger. It leads to depression. It, it, it makes us forget what God has done. When you get hold of that, what you thought you desired, and you find out what it's not really is, you get depressed. You get angry. And for a Christian, anger can become a thing that just... Uh, just tears you apart in ephesians chapter 4 we we've talked about this verse in 26 and 27 when it says be ye angry and sin not and that's something i don't think nobody's ever really mastered let not the sun go down upon your wrath neither give place to the devil see one of the things about the temptation of the flesh is when you find out and it's not true you become angry at yourself and you stay away from God and say, well, I can't believe I did that. I've even heard people go as far as say, I can't believe that God allowed me to do that. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you, he didn't. You did. You know, with physical sins and the temptations, Christ is basically telling us this. He's telling us to rise up and walk. In Luke chapter 5, verse 22 and through 24, Jesus said this. He said, but when Jesus had perceived their thoughts, he answered them saying, What reason ye in your hearts? For it is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee, or they say rise up and walk. But that you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick and palsy, I say unto them, Arise and take up thy couch and go to thy house. God's telling you right now, Hey, Walk away from it. I forgive you of your sin. Because temptation leads to sin. And he says, take up your couch, take up your life, and walk. Because I've forgiven you. See, the thing about that, some of us don't realize that. And if that doesn't work on you, Satan pulls out the next one. And it's the spiritual side. 
How many of you have ever been tempted spiritually? Oh, you don't have to raise your hand. I'll do it for you. We all have. I mean, how many of you ever said, I don't really need to go to church? You know, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 26 says this. Let us consider, it doesn't say yourself, it says one another, to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willingly after we have received knowledge of the truth, therefore remains no more sacrifice for sin. Hebrews is basically said, we're supposed to come together to worship, but you know, Satan will convince you, you don't need other Christians. You don't need church. I don't need to go. I've got it. I'm doing good. And let me tell you, you're, you come not for the fact that this is a building. You come, why? Because of the fellowship of the saints of God. You come because we're here to provoke one another to good works. We're here to lift each other up. See, Satan's got people convinced you don't need that, but I have found in my life that Coming through the doors of the house of God into the place where God's people is, it, it, it is like uh, the balm for your soul. It gives you strength to be around other brothers and sisters. Just the fact, you know, as Brother Curtis said a while ago, hey, he felt calm when he was having surgery because he knew his brothers and sisters from the church were praying for him. You don't get that outside in the world. Satan makes you, and you don't realize it a lot of times until you need it. Satan's got people convinced they don't need it. But let me tell you what they're missing. They're missing the joy of fellowship. They're missing the power of communal prayer. You know, Jesus went to church. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, and he came to Nazareth, and he had been brought up, and as was his custom... He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. People say, well, Jesus didn't go to church. He was church. He went to the house of the Lord. It was his custom. Paul did it too. Then you got people say, well, I'm good. I've already prayed about this. Have you ever done that? I'm good. I've got this. I prayed about it. I prayed once. You ever, you ever done that? I know I have. Well, I prayed. So that's one that Satan uses a lot on Christians. Say, so, well, I've prayed about it, and I'm waiting on God to give me the answer. Well, the, the, well, if you're still waiting, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, don't stop praying. The, this, the, you know, Paul gives us the proof in it when he, when he said, you know, that hey, he had a thorn in his flesh, and, and he had to play, pray more than one time. So he kept telling the church, like in Thessal Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, he said, Pray without ceasing. There's so many times it tells us to be continuous in prayer in the Scripture. You know, uh, God told the children of Israel in, in, back in Chronicles. He told them in, in chapter seven, Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen, where He says, "If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray." Now, this was His people. They were building the temple. They were dedicating the temple, and God said, "If you'll pray, I'll heal the land." I'll hear you, but you got to pray. 
Oh, hey, you came when the temple's dedicated, but did you continue to pray? You came to church, but do you continue to pray? You prayed about it once, do you continue to pray? We need to continue because let me tell you, Satan will get you convinced that if this, and there's a lot of people that do this, hey, I prayed about it once, he never answered. How many of you uh, had to ask for things in your life more than once? You know, God's his father that, that, that cares about you and loves about you. And sometimes he wants to see how dedicated you are in your prayer. So we don't need to stop. I prayed about it. I don't need church. I've, I prayed every once in a while. You know, uh, some of us, our prayer life is only when we need things. How many of us ever just continuously pray to him? Or, or say, to get you convinced of this one. How many of you ever had this problem? Well, preacher, you always said read the word. Well, I don't really understand it. You know why you don't understand it? Because you ain't reading it. You say it's hard to read. The best way to understand this is talk to the one who wrote it and then read it. Amen. Ask for understanding. You know, Paul told Timothy, and Timothy was a pastor by this time. He didn't. He said in, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, he, he was the pastor of the church. He said, Timothy, study to show thyself approved. Not unto the church, but unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know how I find out when I'm closer to God? is when I spend more time in his word. Uh, hey, and let me tell you, as a preacher, as a pastor, there's been times that, that I did not get in the word because I listened to the temptation of the devil. So I've got too many irons in the fire. I've got too much going on. I don't got time to, to read my word. And you know what happens to me? I start to struggle spiritually. After I struggle spiritually, I start to struggle physically. And Satan's got me by then. I've got to get in the Word because when I'm in the Word, I find out I'm more on my knees praying than I am any other time because I'm hearing from the one who wrote it to me and I want to talk to him. Don't fall into that spiritual temptation that you don't need God, you don't need prayer, you don't need... Well, I never would say that. You act more like it. If you're not praying, if you're not reading, if you're not fellowshipping, let me tell you, Satan's already got you with the spiritual temptation. That leads to the, the, the last of the temptations. And it's the strongest one. The one that we, we fall more than any other thing to. And it's the prideful one. You see, I've never met nobody who's not prideful in one way or the other. Because look what he did. He took him upon a, a high mountain. It said an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Now, it's kind of funny, Satan showing Jesus something that wasn't really his. But then I want you to realize something. Satan has a lot more control over the kingdoms of the world than you realize. It's not the world. It's the people in it. He says, I'll give them all to you if you just fall down and worship me. You know, and there's times in our life where the tempter is saying to us, I got to, and you say it when you hear them, 
I'm good. I got it. And you really don't. You know, I think of everybody in the New Testament, there was one guy who understood what pride was, and that was Peter. Peter was boastful. Peter was a great man. I mean, hey, you think of all the disciples, Peter got out of the boat and walked on water. But Peter was also the one who said, Jesus, when everybody else fails you, I won't. I will go even unto death with you. And what's the first thing he did? I don't know this man. I don't know him. Bible said he got so upset about it, he cursed. Peter wrote this. He said this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. He says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So instead of saying, I'm good, I got this, say, God, I don't have it. Satan just got me convinced I do. Because what happens when you keep saying that? You fall under what Paul warned us about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, where Paul says, quench not the spirit. You know, the biggest thing that quenches the spirit in the church is pride in your own heart. You ever gone to a service and said, well, I didn't get nothing out of that. May I ask you a question, was the word of God read? Were praises sang? Might not be the songs you like, might not have been the verse you like, but if they were, you should have got something out of it because God's word was spoken. What happens is we're too prideful to say, Lord, I needed to humble myself before you. How many of you have ever done this when there's something going on you say, well, him, her, his, their, somebody else is worse than me. Anybody besides me ever done that? Hey, I'm not that bad. You know what they're doing? Paul told us in Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, he said, Brethren, if a man be overtaken by in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear you one another burdens. And so fulfill, so fulfill the law of Christ. Paul said, we got to look out for one another. Quit looking at them and look out for them. If you say they're not doing what they're supposed to do, first pray for them. Lift them up. Help bear their burden. You know, it's, a, it's amazing we forget how prideful sins are so bad. That we all fall in them. You know, you, you, you think, you know, today's pride, with, today with all the prideful sins, the temptation, Satan is telling us to go ahead, forget who you are, what you are. And so many times we do that. And, you know, you, you know we, we're, we're thinking, okay, you'll be worshiping Christ, but you're really worshiping Satan. Because listen to what Jesus said. There was a time when, when Jesus was looking at Peter and in Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, he said, But he turned and said unto Peter, Get behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense to me. For thou savest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. Peter just thought he was doing the right thing, but in truth, Peter was listening to Satan, listening to the temptations. Pride says, 
I've got this. Pride says, I know what I'm doing. God says, no, you don't. Humble yourself. I mean, how many of us ask God every day, what do I do today? What should, how should I get, once I'm up, what do you want me to do? Do you seek the Lord in everything? Pride keeps you from doing that. How many of you go, hey, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. The scriptures are full of stories of people who say, I've got this, and God said, no, you don't. Think about the, the one, the parable where Jesus told about the rich man who says, hey, I'm going to tear my barns down and build new ones because i got more stuff because of what I've got, I've done. And then he found out, no, you're not going to make it through the night. Instead of asking God, we're too busy, I, me, I. You'll realize that was Satan's sin. So he knows about pride because that's what caused him to fall. If he can't get you physically, he can't get you spiritually, that's all right. He'll get you with your pride. The good thing it is that God loves us. The thing about temptations we face is that God loves you so much that there is never a temptation that you can't get out of. You think 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but as such is common to man. God says, hey, everybody's going through it. You're nothing more than anybody else. There's all, that everybody faces these temptations. But then he said this, but God is faithful. You hear that? God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. But with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. People say, that's like James. James told the people, he said, don't ever say that God tempted you. He don't. Satan tempts you. God always gives you a way out. And you know, the problem with most of us is the way out's not the way we want. I, I don't want to have to do this. I don't want to have to do that. And God's going, if you would just do what you see, it would be so much better. I've given you a way out, but it's not pleasing to the flesh. It's going to be more spiritual minded than you want to be. And your pride won't let you see it. But there's a way out of every one of them. You know, and what's good though, even though many of us fall to temptation, there's always forgiveness. That's the one wonderful thing. God said, I'm going to give you a way out. But I know most of you are not going to take it. But I'll forgive you. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, God says this, I even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions. Listen to this. For my own sake. And will not remember thy sins. God said when you ask for forgiveness. I'm going to blot it out. And I'm not going to remember it. Oh you might. Satan's going to bring it back up to you. But I've, I've forgiven you. And I've forgotten. He says he removes them as far as the east is from the west. And not only does he forgive, but he restores you. As David said when he sinned, and in, in Psalms chapter 51, 
And David's sin cost people their life. David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. God, let me remember the joy of being your child. He says, and uphold me with thy free spirit. God restores you and upholds you. He forgives you. He, he takes you. He says in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17, he says, for I will restore health unto thee. I will heal thee of thy wounds. Saith the Lord, because they call thee an outcast. God says, hey, I, I'll, I'll take care of you. You're going to be tempted. You're going to fall. That roaring lion is going to maul you. He's going to try to destroy you. But God says, one, I'm going to give you a way away from him. And I'm going to restore you. But you've got to be willing to listen. You know, being forgiven of sins is only as good as if you ask for forgiveness and mean it. It's like the temptation. Satan knows what to get you. So many times I find myself falling to the same temptation over and over again. It's like you would think I'd learn my lesson. God said, one day you will. You didn't learn to walk overnight. I bear the scars from learning to walk. You ask mom, she spent a lot of time in the hospital with a little boy who's as clumsy as he can be. And after 58 years, guess what? I still ain't mastered it. But I keep trying. God said, be holy. Because I'm holy. I ain't mastered that, but I keep trying. When I ask for forgiveness. I'm going to close with this. And it's a story that's been stuck in my heart and in my mind for a while. The parable of, of, the, of, of the son. He goes, he's in the pig pen. And as he's there, he finally comes to himself and he goes back to his father. You know what I found out reading this story over and over and over? So many of us are still in the pig pen and we don't even realize it. But the Father's there waiting for you to come to your own mind, come to your right heart, and come back to Him. When He, when he got out of that pig pen, He goes home. The Father said, My son who was dead is now alive. So that's what a lot of us are missing. We haven't returned because we won't get out of the sins and the temptations. This morning, God's calling to somebody, come back to me. That sin, that temptation, I know all about them. I dealt with them. I'll help you through them. But you got to turn back to me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, humbly approaching the throne of grace. Father, I pray that there's somebody who's being tempted. And Lord, they might say, this is more than I can handle. Father, they forgot that they're never tempted more than they can handle. You've always given them a way out. But the thing is, they've got to turn to you.
Lord, some are being tempted physically, spiritually, but all of them are dealing with the prideful. Lord, give them the strength they need this morning. Have your way in this invitation. Lord, then we pray. Amen. As you stand to your feet, we're going to sing page. 105. 105. As we sing, you be obedient. Thank you for coming today. I pray you have a wonderful week. And uh, be, be, be careful because, as I said, Satan's out there looking to destroy you. And he does it so well. You know, and as Christians, sometimes we forget, as Paul said, he pressed towards the mark of the high calling. You know, that was a constant battle. The same way with us. We're constantly being tempted. We're constantly having to fight. So I pray that you keep your eye on the prize and have a good week this week. Don't let Satan win. Don't give him a step. Yeah, last week I forgot to tell you who won our chili contest. (laughs) Jimmy wanted to know. I started to say it was me, but no, I, I, I tied for second place. Frank, he won the, they won the chili contest. They had the best chili, and they actually brought some Brussels sprouts. Which this is what this is what got me. Wayne said, "You need to try some of them Brussels sprouts." I, I let everybody else have their share because, yeah. But it was we had a great time. We had a, a good fellowship that night. You didn't get a chance to join. Hey, next year we're going to be doing the next one. So I urge you to come back. You got to defend your chat, your title for next year. Uh, he he got the chili cup. Going to get his name on this wonderful plaque we have back here. <laughs> that you know everybody in the world is envious of having their name on it. One of these days I might actually get there. I thought I had it because I thought, well, Bree's not here. I stand a chance. No, it wasn't bad. They came in late, y'all. It's Still won. <laughs> yeah. So I walked by going, oh, look, I got the, because I put a sheet and you mark which chili you like the best. And I'm going, I'm doing great. Yay. Pride got me. <laughs> so congratulations. Appreciate that. We had a great time. 
Uh, remember our our mic next week. So after church next week, remember that we're having a so put on you get ready, put on your feed bags, stay downstairs, come downstairs and eat with us next week. We're gonna have a good time with that. So y'all please remember that. Got anything else before we go tonight? This this tonight this morning. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wayne, butter. I'll tell you what, everybody come down here. Let us all come on down. Madison's in there. All right. Brother Curtis. Brother Curtis, come in here with me, sir. Wayne, y'all get up here up close. Let me get. Y'all, y'all clear a path for Curtis. Definitely <laughs> pray for this man. He need, he's got a grand baby in the hospital, 106 temperature. So he said he's standing in the gap for her this morning. So we're going to lift him up. We're going to lift her up this morning. So everybody grab hands with each other. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Madison's her name, right? Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to your humble approaching throne of grace. Father, my brother stands in the gap for Madison's years. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray right now that you touch her body.